0: Welcome back to At The Buzzer. I am Tyler Fortell here with my co-host, Andrew Lobliner, Campbell Klein, and Dean McCollum. Today, we will be discussing the NBA Draft 2020, starting with the lottery and going into other important picks throughout the two rounds. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's get started. We will start with the number one pick in the draft, Anthony Edwards, going to the Minnesota Timberwolves to play alongside D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. Dean, you want to start with this one?
1: Sure, Tyler. Um, I was definitely caught by surprise with this pick. Um, I'd mocked that LaMelo would go number one, but um, Anthony Edwards did, as everyone knows. Uh, I was surprised about this pick because uh, it was reported that Anthony Edwards said he wasn't really in love with basketball and he can't stand watching it. And he, if he got the chance, he'd rather play in the NFL than the NBA. So I was a, I was a little confused uh, as to why he went number one overall saying that he wasn't really enjoying basketball but after all he was the best fit on the board I can't really blame the Timberwolves for taking this he's going to be a great backcourt partner with D'Angelo
2: Russell and he'll grow great along with all those other guys on that team Campbell I sort of agree with what Dean was saying obviously Anthony Edwards is a great basketball player and I was also a little bit caught by surprise that uh, the Timberwolves didn't take LaMelo Ball And uh, I was reading this ESPN article after the draft, and I sort of uh, agree with what they were saying. They were saying this pick was sort of playing it safe as they thought LaMelo Ball had the greatest upside in this draft and has the most uh, superstar potential. But uh, I guess the Timberwolves wanted to go with the more uh, reliable option as Anthony Edwards already uh, proved himself. Most of the players, or all of the players in the lottery have proved themselves, but I, I think his game is the most developed for sure. So they went down that path.
0: Yeah, and he should be a pretty good fit with D'Angelo Russell to make up that backcourt. Aaron, do you want to talk about that?
3: Yeah, I think that Anthony Edwards is probably the best fit. I mean, Dean said he was surprised. Uh, he had mocked that they were going to take LaMelo Ball. I think that I my first initial thought was that they, uh, they would take LaMelo Ball just because of the talent they have. But I mean... They have two all-star players already in Cat and uh, D'Angelo Russell who are only going to get better. So they don't really need like a player with star potential. Uh, I think Anthony Edwards is better for their team because they need someone that can become a star and become an all-star, but that actually fits with them. And I think Anthony Edwards fits really well. Plus, D'Angelo Russell is not the greatest defender, and Anthony Edwards is extremely athletic, and he's a good defender. If you just look at the fit, it's a no-brainer. Melo definitely has probably the most upside out of anyone in the draft, but I think it's still a great pick by Minnesota.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can't really go wrong with a player that impressed everyone in college and had so many highlight reels and just a lot of plays that impressed a lot of NBA scouts, which makes sense why he went number one. Now we'll move on to the second overall pick. The Golden State Warriors had a mixed day on draft day. It was announced that Klay Thompson had a lower leg injury before the draft but they did not know how bad the injury was but then the next day it was announced that he tore his achilles the warriors not knowing how bad his injury was went with james wiseman with their pick instead of maybe taking Lamelo ball if they knew that clay thompson will be out the full year so campbell what do you have to say about this do you think james wiseman was the good pick no matter what
2: uh yeah i'd say this was one of the more interesting picks in this draft not because of who they took, but just because the Warriors didn't trade the pick. Uh, I think a lot of us expected the Warriors to trade the pick and try to move down in the draft or get a more uh, certified player. But as you said, Clay Thompson's uh, apparent leg injury sort of mixed everything up. And uh, on the phone with Dean when we saw the pick was in on ESPN, that surprised both of us a little bit. But now talking about the actual pick, James Wiseman, it was pretty obvious who the Warriors were going to take if they did uh, use that pick. Obviously, the seven-footer, they needed a, they've needed. they needed a center throughout their whole dynasty. So this seemed like the obvious pick uh, unless Anthony Edwards fell, which, as we already talked about, he didn't. So, uh, yeah, I think this is a pretty good pick, as they did use the pick instead of trading it.
0: Yeah, and I think we were all impressed that they didn't worry and take another player guard to replace Klay Thompson this year, that they were cool and took James Wiseman. Do you think that was the right decision, Dean, or do you think they maybe could have taken a LaMelo ball? Uh,
1: I really think that the Warriors actually made the correct choice in taking James Wiseman. I mean, after all, uh, they didn't really know what the severity of Klay Thompson's injury was, and uh, we all found out that the next day that it was uh, an Achilles tear, which is causing him to not be able to play the entirety of uh, the 2020-2021 season. So, uh, prayers up to Clay, but uh, James Wiseman still a top three player in this draft, 100%. I think we can all say that, and yeah, I think the uh, Warriors didn't overreact with this pick, and it was the right pick because they've needed a center for years now.
0: Yeah, like you and Campbell both said, I mean, they've needed a center throughout their whole dynasty, and they got one for the future in James Wiseman, so... Like you said, I think it was pretty impressive that they that they didn't rush it and just took their center for the future. Andrew, what do you have to say about this?
3: I'm gonna have to agree with Dean and Cam on this one. James Wiseman was definitely the right pick. The Warriors did a good job of not overreacting, and I think that if they weren't gonna trade this pick, they were gonna take James Wiseman. He's the best. He's the best fit for them. He's a great future center to have a great pick and roll partner with Steph. Um, so yeah, good pick by the Golden State Warriors.
0: Now we will move on to the third pick in the draft, and maybe the most enticing one, LaMelo Ball to the Charlotte Hornets. Dean, we'll start with you on this one. What do you have to say about LaMelo to the Hornets?
1: I mean, as all of you guys know, uh, this is kind of off topic, but Devontae Graham, one of my favorite players in the NBA, um, his role is going to be decreased, but this is a great pick from the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, they had to take LaMelo here because um, Charlotte over the years has been struggling with. Uh, fan attendance in their stadiums. And uh, LaMelo was a great choice because he sells a lot of tickets, a lot of jerseys. And I'm pretty sure I saw something on Twitter where I think Campbell or Andrew told me where Charlotte had like the biggest increase in fan tickets sold after the drafting of LaMelo Ball in NBA history. So that's pretty crazy. LaMelo Ball is a huge name and um, he's a great player, great passer, six seven, huge point guard, and he can really do anything on the court. His Potential is through the roof. So great pick by uh, the Charlotte Hornets. I think they definitely got a steal. This was the first steal of the draft, in my opinion. And yeah, I thought LaMelo was going one. So they got the the best player, in my opinion, in this draft at pick three. So great job by Michael Jordan and their entire uh, front office.
0: Like you said, he might be the most talented player in this draft. Not only that, but he will bring fans into the arena. So that is a very good pick for the Charlotte Hornets organization. Angie, what do you have to? say about LaMelo?
3: Yeah. Like you both mentioned, he's going to bring, he's going to make the Hornets pretty much their entire organization. He's going to make them relevant again. I mean, Kemba Walker made them sort of relevant. And I think LaMelo Ball, he's probably, I think LaMelo Ball probably has the potential to be the best Hornet since Kemba Walker. I think he will be the best Hornets Kemba Walker. And I mean, he may have been a steal in your eyes in terms of him having like the highest ceiling. I think it's hard to Say the number third overall pick is a steal when the other two picks were like very logical picks. Uh, the first two picks, um, by the other two teams, but I think in terms of fit, it's good. In terms of potential, it's good. Michael Jordan as an owner, um, I saw this funny quote from Max Kellerman. He said that Michael Jordan is the Michael Jordan of bad owners. Uh, he is a terrible owner, he has not drafted good players in general. He has in recent years drafted a lot of north carolina players a lot of players that have just not turned out well he has not been able to put a team together he lost kemba walker in free agency for absolutely nothing and yeah i think lamella ball he's gonna he's gonna make uh the a lot of profit for the franchise and hopefully maybe he can get him to the playoffs
1: just a quick rebuttal to what you said andrew um i said lamella ball might have been the steal uh, the first deal this draft, because uh, this is sort of the same situation as the Luka Doncic pick back in 2018, the 2018 draft, where many people thought that he was the best player in the draft, but he fell to uh, Atlanta at three who ended up trading the pick to Dallas. But uh, that's what I was just comparing it to. I was just comparing it to best player on the board gets drafted at the third pick. I wasn't saying that Anthony Edwards and James Wiseman shouldn't have been picked ahead of him.
2: Campbell? Uh, yeah, you guys pretty much summed it up. This was uh the clear pick for the Hornets. Uh, there was really no other direction if LaMelo did not fall to 3, but if he was available at 3. But also to talk to go off of what Andrews saying that he could be the best Hornet since Kemba Walker. He could be the greatest Hornet ever. This uh this franchise is really looking for a player to revive them. And as Dean was saying, their their tickets, their tickets being bought skyrocketed up. This is really what they needed, whether or not he was the best player on the board, but whether or not he ends up being the best player on the board, they had to make this draft pick. They needed something to spark the fan base, and he could be the spark that the team itself actually needs.
3: Campbell, um, I agree with you. He's going to be the best. I think he's going to be the best player. The only reason why I didn't say he's the best player in general is because I still think, despite he didn't play a game, I'm. I, I mean, you won't consider him a Hornet because you guys are Lakers fans. But Kobe Bryant's probably the best player the Hornets have ever had in a Hornets jersey. Um, although he's he was never, never played in that.
0: a Hornets jersey though, so like,
3: at least he put the hat on. At least he put the hat on. I mean, I'm taking Kobe with a hat on my franchise over anyone else they've had, to be honest.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, they traded him for Vladi Divots, so. Can't say much about that. One thing to say more about this. You said that they traded Kemba Walker for basically nothing. They did a sign and trade where they got their point guard last season, Terry Rozier, in return. Do you think that they are going to trade Terry Rozier for maybe a big man? Or you think they'll keep him and he, him and LaMelo will battle for the starting spot?
3: Something that's interesting about that was that Terry Rozier was actually a free agency signing. And the reason why he was available is because the Celtics went out and got Kemba Walker. Michael Jordan should have signed and traded Kemba. And if he did, I can assure you that he would have gotten more value than just Terry Rozier back um, for Kemba Walker. Cause at the time, Kemba Walker and Kemba Walker still is a much better player than Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier. He's a role. He's a role player at best 15 point per game score. Kemba Walker can average 20 and drop during any given night. So I mean, it was just like a free agency swap, I guess. I think that they probably won't trade him. Maybe, maybe he's like a mid-season trade. Um, They could use a big man though. I mean, next season, they're going to have a lot of cap room with Nicholas Batum's contract coming off the books. So we'll see. I think they keep Tara's year for now, unless, unless some team really needs a starting point guard, maybe like the New York Knicks and they're willing up to give an asset for it, but I'm not sure.
1: Answering your question, Tyler. First, I'm going to talk about the Terry Rozier uh, trade thing. Before Montrose Harrell, uh, it was just announced that he signed with the Lakers for two years, which everyone is very happy about right now. We'll have a podcast about the free agency class uh, coming next week. But um, about that, before he signed with the Lakers, I thought that there could be a potential sign and trade with Montrose Harrell Uh, in dealing him to the Charlotte Hornets because it was rumored that the Charlotte Hornets were going to try out and go for him. And it was rumored that the Clippers needed a point guard and Kawhi Leonard wanted to recruit a point guard and Terry Rozier could have been that guy. Obviously, it wouldn't have been a one-for-one swap, but you know what I mean. So I thought that could have definitely been a potential uh, trade, but obviously now that Montrezl Harrell is uh, a Laker, that won't be happening. So I agree with Andrew. He could be out of Charlotte by the trade deadline. So we'll just have to see.
0: Now we're going to move on to the next pick of the draft, the fourth pick, the Bulls pick, and maybe the most surprising pick of this draft. They drafted Florida State forward Patrick Williams. Williams won the ACC sixth man of the year this past college basketball season. He never started a game for Florida State, and he was taken fourth overall in the draft. Andrew?
3: I think it's a little surprising, but I saw something uh, actually earlier in the week before, a few days before draft They saying that Patrick Williams has shot up a, a lot of teams boards, including the Chicago Bulls, who need some defense on their team with Larry Markin, and Zach Levine, who play no defense. Um, they need a, They need a good 3 and D player. And if you look at the 3 and D players in this draft, he has the most potential out of all of them. Um, he's only 19 years old. He's one of the youngest players in the draft. And yes, he didn't start a game, but he was also playing behind a veteran college player in Devin Vassell. Um, I think Patrick Williams has the most potential from a three and D player. He has the highest ceiling. He might not come in right away and be very good, but I think that. He has potential. He has all star potential because he's so young and he can definitely develop. And he's going to get a good role on the Bulls. I I think I would have liked to see them take Denny Avia just because I think that it would have been uh good for them to get uh Denny Avia's scoring ability. But Patrick Williams, the pick makes sense. He 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 probably wasn't regarded as the highest. Uh, player on the board. And yes, there are some questions because he was a six man, but I don't, I don't, I think it is a little too early to overreact and say that it was such a bad pick because he still has a ton of potential.
0: Yeah, for sure. Dean.
3: Um, yeah, I totally agree with Andrew just
1: said. Uh, Patrick Williams is the youngest American born player in the draft. So obviously has tons of time to develop as a Chicago bull. Many scouts are saying he is the best perimeter defender in the draft, which uh is great for the Bulls since like Andrew mentioned, Zach Levine and Larry Markkinen, both very, uh, very bad defenders. So this uh this pick could definitely help their team. Patrick Williams, uh, could be a very valuable player in the NBA uh, in the next few years. So I don't I didn't love the pick. I would have liked to see either Denny of Dia or someone like Isaac Okoro to go right here at four, but uh Patrick Williams, he shot up on a bunch of uh team's boards. Like it was rumored that Detroit was going to select him at seven if he was on the board, but, uh, apparently Chicago liked him enough to take him at number four. So I think he won't come into the league super impactful. He won't be 15 point per game score in his rookie se- season. Like some other people might, because, uh, he's on a very young team with a, a lot of young talent. So, uh, yeah, uh, Patrick Williams, he's a great player and hopefully he'll have a good career.
0: Yeah, and the chances are he will not start at the beginning of his career because the Bulls starting small forward last year, Otto Porter opted into his contract for the upcoming season. So chances are Patrick Williams will be coming off the bench to start his career. Campbell, you have something to add?
2: Yeah, you guys pretty much summed it up. Uh I didn't watch many uh, Patrick Williams college basketball games this year, as uh, probably most of you guys haven't either. Maybe Andrew has. But uh, from what I've read, it sounds like he's super raw offensively. And as you guys said, a really great defender. And uh, we'll see how his shot develops. Andrew tells me he is a great 3 and D player. So we'll see uh, how that shot continues developing as he gets more reps uh, in the coming years.
0: Now we'll move on to the fifth pick of the draft, which belonged to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They took Auburn shooting guard and small forward Isaac Okoro, who was arguably the best defender in this draft. Dean, what do you have to say about this?
1: So uh with the Isaac Okoro pick, I was definitely surprised. I expected the Cavs to either take Advia or Toppin, but they took Okoro, who's a great perimeter defender, like Patrick Williams, arguably the best perimeter defender in this draft. And um maybe he can uh fill the role of Kevin Porter Jr., uh who's coming into his second season because uh I think he's been dealing with some legal issues uh off the court. So he can definitely be uh filling in his shoes, maybe an automatic starter uh for the Cavs. So I'm glad they didn't take um, any sort of guard in this, uh, in this draft because they've taken Garland, they've taken Sexton in the past two drafts. So, I mean, Akoro, he's an okay scorer. Uh, he definitely needs to work on his outside shot, but he's a great defender, and the Cavs really do need help on the defensive side of the ball. So I don't have much to say about Okoro, but I don't think it was a horrible
2: pick by the Cavs. Campbell? Uh, yeah, I don't have a ton to say either, so I'll keep it quick. Not to sound like a broken record, but sort of the same stuff Dean said. He's a great defender. He's not going to take away possessions from uh, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. He can play off the ball. And uh, just to expand on the final thing Dean was talking about, I really think Isaac Okoro's ceiling is just going to depend on how his shot develops, as it seems to be uh, for a lot of other players in this era of basketball. It's really going to rely on how his uh, jump shot forms over time. And if he can start knocking down the three ball, he could be the best 3-and-D player in this draft and uh, really help a team down the road.
3: Yeah, I don't need to say much for Isaac Okora. I mean, there wasn't too many better options. I mean, the Cavaliers were already the worst defensive team, adding Danny Avija or Obi Toppin into that, I guess. It gives you some scoring, but it doesn't really help with that. So I understand uh, the Isaac Okoro pick, although he probably wasn't a top-five talent in this draft. Uh, it's definitely a great fit for the Cavs because he will help them on defense immensely, because he can guard pretty much positions one through three, so he can guard guards, he can guard wings and forwards, so he's definitely a great, versatile defender for them.
0: Now we'll move on to the sixth pick in the draft, the Hawks pick. They took center Onyeko Okongwu, also known as Big O, who went to the University of Southern California. Dean, do you think this is a good fit for the Hawks, or do you think... Maybe they could have gone a different route with this pick.
1: Um, I'm not going to lie. I was really confused when they took Onyeka. I mean, he's the second best uh, center in this draft, in my opinion. Uh, A bunch of people have him, or most people have him behind James Wiseman as best center. But uh, they just traded for Clint Capella uh, last trade deadline. So Onyeka plays center. He's a smaller center, about the size of Bam at a bio 6'9". And uh, they signed Gallinari. I, I don't see the fit there. I definitely expected them to go Tyrese Halliburton uh, right here. I thought he was going to be the best player on the board, and I thought they should have taken him. But uh, Onyeko Kongwu, I mean, if you have Bam at a biopotential, I guess you have to take someone like that if you're the Hawks. They struggle with defense, especially Trey Young. So uh, he could definitely be good in the future if they move on from someone like John Collins in the pick and roll with Trey Young.
0: Andrew, do you think they should trade Clint Capella or John Collins? I mean, they made this trade for Onyeka. So I think it could definitely be worth it to trade one of those two or maybe both of them if they can get picks or maybe a small forward or something like that. What do you think?
3: I think the Hawks gym is very smart because um, John Collins, he's up for extension, contract extension. He's going to be a free agent next year. And uh, there's already been a report that his agent, uh, his agent already reported um, that he wants the, he wants a fully guaranteed max contract and the Atlanta Hawks. I think that right now they only view their team as having one max player and that's Trey Young and the fact that they were able to trade for Clint Capella um, now signed Danilo Gallinari and Onyeka Okonwu, Um, They have a nice young big men in Onyeka. And they have a, star- a great starting center in Capella, a borderline all-star at his best. They have Danilo Gallinari, who I think they said signed the most expensive deal um, in NBA history for a player that has never been an all-star. He's pretty much an all-star level play- player. He can average 18 to 20 points. So, I mean, they're building a team around Trey Young. John Collins is a good fit, um, but Clint Capella and Onyeka Okongwu, they can make up the dunks and pick and roll and defense. Uh, and rebounding ability that John Collins has, and I think that now the fact that they're not extending John Collins, uh, and it probably should—he's probably either going to play this season out, maybe they trade him mid-season, try to get something for him, maybe they uh, sign him to extension now, and uh, he's involved in a sign and trade. But based on the moves that the Hawks are making, it looks like that they will be moving on from John Collins in the near future.
0: Yeah, I mean they drafted a center. And just signed Danilo Gallinari, who's a small forward, a power forward. So, doesn't seem like John Collins is in their plans for the long run. Campbell, you have something to add?
2: Uh, yeah, I can say something really quickly. I'm a little bit confused by this pick having John Collins and Clint Capella. It would make a little more sense if they were to lose one of those uh one of those two other players. But uh, as uh as Dean was talking about, he's sort of undersized, but that does look good in terms of the way this era of basketball is sort of trending with players like Bam Adebayo, as Dean mentioned. He obviously has it going on defense. Mainly, I'm just a little bit confused by having both Clint Capella and Onyeko Kongwu as the same role on one team. It's just a little bit confusing to me.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Now we'll move on to the seventh pick. The Detroit Pistons took France International, but Florida-born Killian Hayes. The Pistons also have signed a bunch of Big men so far in free agency. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense that they took a point guard with their first round pick. Andrew, you want to start on this one?
3: Sure. I think that a lot of people saw this coming. The Pistons, they need a point guard. Um, Killian Hayes was probably the best pure point guard available. Um, he's a great playmaker, a great passer. He's gonna set up Blake Griffin really well when he comes back. Uh they're gonna be good pick and roll partners. I think that he can be definitely a future all-star. He has the potential to be. He has a good outside shot. I'm not sure if he plays defense, but we'll see in his rookie season. I think that he's definitely a great fit and he has a lot of talent. And yeah, good pick for the Detroit Pistons.
0: Campbell.
2: Yeah, actually, I actually uh really, really like this pick. He's a great passer, great ball handler, great shooter. But just to highlight some of the things that might might worry uh, the organization is, as Andrew said, his defense uh, leaves something to be desired. And also, he's not the most athletic guy in this draft. It's just going to be interesting to see how his game sort of shapes out when he's playing against the best of the best in the world in the NBA with the most athletic guys, the guys best at everything they do. So it'll just be interesting to see how uh, the lack of athleticism athleticism sort of plays into it. So uh, overall, I do really like this draft pick. And one more thing is we're going to need to see uh, that right hand develop in order to really be a true threat in the NBA. Uh, I don't think it's much of
1: an athleticism problem because obviously if he wasn't athletic, then he wouldn't be in the NBA. But um, I really like this pick. Killian Hayes, best true point guard on the board. As Andrew said, uh, he's definitely going to have to put more muscle on him as he's, uh, he has a very thin frame, uh, I would say. He, uh, he has great form. Uh, I think that what his success in the NBA will come down to is uh, if Detroit uh, definitely is able to, if their development coaching really works on Killian Hayes because he's a very raw talent. Um, he's super young. He has a lot of time to develop. But if uh, Detroit's not the right system for him, then he's not really going to develop in the stages of his career where he's really supposed to blossom. So hopefully Detroit does a great job developing him because he really has a lot of potential, one of the highest in this draft.
3: One thing I would like to add uh, quickly to what Dean said uh, was that Goran Drogic, when he was drafted by the Suns coming at NBA, he was mainly kind of like a very young, raw talent, didn't play much defense at the time. He had he had good form, he could shoot, but he was more of a passer playmaker. And if Detroit can somehow turn Killian Hayes into a player like Goran Drogic, I think that would be a huge success for their franchise.
0: Now we will head into the eighth pick of this draft. And I know Andrew is going to be really excited about this. Obi Toppin to the New York Knicks. Obi Toppin is arguably the flashiest player in this draft. A very fun player for fans to watch in Madison Square Garden. Andrew, we're obviously going to start with you on this one. I mean, you're going to have so much to say. Andrew, what do you have to say?
3: I have a lot to say, Tyler. I'm very excited about Obi Toppin because what the Knicks need is, other than a good a good player for them to draft, uh, unlike some of their Uh, recent draft picks, Um, I'm not going to name names, but Frank Natalikina and Kevin Knox, they know who they are. I think Obi Toppin, I mean, he was the best player in college basketball. He had hundred and seven dunks, which I know that doesn't really count for winning, but it brings like it gets ratings and it helps the fans get engaged. And I think that Obi Toppin can bring a new sense of energy to the Knicks franchise, and they need that because they've their franchise pretty much been dead recently. I mean, they haven't really entered a true rebuild yet. They just try to keep signing guys or free agency and striking out. I think that they need to build through the draft, take the patient approach. I think Obi-Toppin is could be a cornerstone of a franchise I mean yeah, he, he is t- 22 and a lot of people are concerned about his age, but I still think that he's going to get better because I mean, he's pretty much an offensive scoring machine in the fast break. He's so hard to stop. He's pretty much just going to dunk on you and posterize you in the half court. He fits right alongside the young center, Mitchell Robinson, who's mainly just a lob threat, a good pick and roller. He has to be down low. Obi Toppin was a 40%, uh, three-point shooter. He was, uh, he can space the floor and then he can also post up a smaller defender and attack the rim. So, a uh, ton of offensive upside. However, his perimeter defense, uh, mainly like his agility and lateral quickness was definitely a weakness that a lot of teams saw in him. And I think that that's something that he needs to develop. And I think that if he can develop into just an average NBA defender, I think that he'll easily be an all-star. And I think he has a really good chance to actually win rookie of the year, depending on what the Knicks do with Julius Randle. I would like them to trade Julius Randle and let Obi Toppin take all of his minutes. But I'm actually, I'm really excited. Um, people like Dean, I think, and uh, Stephen A. Smith thinks the Knicks should have drafted a guard. But um, knowing that they were going to release some of their forwards and hopefully trade Julius Randle, I really like this pick. It's a good it's a good pick for the Knicks. We never talk about the Knicks on the podcast, so I'm kind of going off on them right now. But um, yeah, good pick.
0: I don't know if you guys could tell, but Andrew did his research on that pick. Dean, do you have anything to add about the Knicks?
1: Like Andrew said, I did expect the Knicks or I thought that the Knicks should have taken a point guard and I thought they should have taken Tyrese Halliburton, but, uh, Obi Toppin still has a lot of upside. He's the long-term replacement for Julius Randle, who hopefully they can move either in the off season or before the trade deadline to make sure Obi Toppin really flourishes, uh, in that, uh, Knicks system. I do think he's going to struggle a little bit defensively, obviously, because that's one of his weaknesses as a player. And especially with, uh, Coach Tom Thibodeau, uh, he's a defensive minded coach. So, and uh, so help, hopefully, he will be able to definitely help OB work on his defense. And hopefully, playing next to Mitchell Robinson, who's an all defensive, uh, first team caliber player, hopefully, he can also help him along uh, with his defense as they'll be the front court for the future for that Knicks team. So, I do think OB's going to be a good
2: NBA player. And yeah, that's what I have to say on him.
0: Campbell, you something to add?
2: Uh, You know, I don't want to rip into the biggest bust of the draft too much, so I think we can just move on to the greatest pick in this draft, the ninth pick from the Wizards. I'll let Tyler introduce this one.
0: Yeah, Campbell. With the ninth overall pick the Wizards took, who many people have said could be the steal of the draft, Denny Avdia. Denny Avdia comes from Tel Aviv, Israel. So, Dean, we're going to start with you on this one. Do you think Denny could be the steal of this draft, or do you think... He's the perfect fit for the Wizards, or is he not?
1: I expected Onyeka to be on the board here because I didn't expect uh, the Hawks to take him, but uh, Denny's the next best pick for the Wizards, in my opinion. I don't think he was a steal of the draft. I think that's a bit of a reach. Uh, I know some of you guys are calling him the steal of the draft, but I wouldn't say he's a steal of the draft. Uh, He averaged nine points uh, on the Israeli league team that I think ended up winning the championship this past season. Correct me if I'm wrong. He played with Amari Stoudemire. He's a gifted passer. I think he only averaged like two assists, but uh, he still he has great court vision. What worries a bunch of people, a bunch of analysts and scouts about his game is that uh, he wasn't a great three point shooter, let alone he was not a good free throw shooter either. And uh, usually that translates a lot to the NBA from whether you're playing overseas or in college. If you're not a good free throw shooter or three point shooter, you're probably not going to be a great shooter in the NBA. So that's what a lot of people are worried about right now. But uh, the sky's the limit for this kid. Uh, He has great talent. He's one of the youngest uh, in the draft. And yeah, Denny Avdia. um,
2: Yeah, that's all I have to say about him.
0: Campbell, I know this might be your favorite player in this whole draft class. What do you have to say about him?
2: Okay, so first of all, the highest drafted Israeli-born player ever. That's just inspirational. Clap it up for my boy. Much respect. Second of all, very upset that he fell in number nine. He was a projected top five pick. But third of all, and most importantly, the new dynamic duo, Rui Hachimura and Denny Dia. They are taking over the league this year. But in all seriousness, Rui Hachimura and Denny Dia, the one issue that they might pose is floor spacing, both being guards for that Wizards team. Neither of them can shoot the ball particularly well. So that should be a uh, pretty interesting for that Wizards team. But overall, I'm just very happy that uh, Avdia got selected top ten. Sad it wasn't top five, but that's all right. As Dean said, he's a really young player. He has a lot of time to develop, uh, and I'm and I'm wishing the best for my boy.
0: Aaron, two. Do you have something to add about this?
3: Daniel V has Dean had mentioned uh, previously, he's actually a really good passer and he's a really good playmaker. That's the best part of his game. So I think maybe he can be kind of a point forward um, for the Wizards because he's lethal in transition. And I think he was the best player available at the time. So the best possible pick for the Wizards.
0: Okay, now we will move on to the 10th overall pick. Jalen Smith going to the new and improved Phoenix Suns who recently added Chris, Paul, how do you think Jalen Smith being a center behind DeAndre Ayton will fit on this team? Campbell?
2: Although I have a ton of information on this pick, I'd just like to pass it on to Andrew because he has less information than me, but he can still do a great job, I promise.
3: Yeah, Campbell, in the few games that I've watched Jalen Smith play uh, against Michigan in his Maryland basketball career... I've seen that he is a great shot blocker. He runs the floor well. He has a decent jump shot. I don't know if it's going to really translate to the NBA. He's probably going to have to work on it. I mean, it's a fine backup center pick, but if you're the Phoenix Suns, I'm not really sure why you're drafting a backup center with your 10th overall pick. I mean, I think that maybe you could sign one in free and see a, a guy that's already NBA ready and maybe trade the pick and get another asset or another player. I think it's kind of a waste of the pick by the Suns, but we'll see how it turns out.
1: Uh, Yeah, I agree with Andrew. Uh, Jalen Smith being the big man out of Maryland, um, I think they should have gone with the 11th overall pick who we'll talk about next, Devin Vassell. He could have uh, definitely just slid right into that slot that Kelly Oubre had last season. So uh, I don't really agree with this pick. I think the Phoenix Suns should have either traded this pick or selected Vassell. So that's all I have to say about this pick.
0: Okay, now we will move on to the 11th pick in the draft, which belonged to the San Antonio Spurs who drafted the person Dean was just talking about Devin Vassell out of Florida State. Dean, what do you have to say about Devin Vassell?
1: Uh, This is a sort of a short explanation for me. I think that the Spurs made the right pick. There was no big man on the board that I think they should have really taken a shot on. So Devin Vassell, small forward out of Florida State, he played with Patrick Williams. He's a great scorer, uh, a great defender. He's Uh, in the middle of a player of um, not as great of a defender as Patrick Williams. And uh, he's not as great of a scorer as someone like uh, an Aaron Nesmith, who's a great scorer, uh, who we'll get to later. So uh, I really like this pick from the Spurs. I think they made the right choice.
0: This is going to be the last pick we are going to be discussing today. And it was Tyrese Halliburton being drafted by the Sacramento Kings. Some people are also saying that he could be the steal of the draft too, if he ends up being good for this team. Dean, do you think this was a good draft pick by the Kings, even though they did recently sign Darren Fox to max extension?
1: Um, This Tyrese Halliburton pick from the Sacramento Kings steal the draft in my opinion. Uh, they got a top eight player in this draft at pick 12. He fell all the way there. I expected to go for him to go much higher, maybe at the Hawks at pick six. Uh, he obviously won't uh, slide in right to that starting shooting guard spot as they still have Buddy Healdon so uh, Tyrese Halliburton, he, he, uh, he can score. He, he's a great passer. He can rebound pretty well for a guard, too. So um, he has the full package, and I've heard that from many scouts that he has the best personality of anyone in the draft. He's super humble, so uh, I really like this pick from the Sacramento Kings.
0: Andrew, do you have anything to add?
3: I think he has the potential to be a steal of the draft. He has great potential. He can do a lot of things very well. I have not much else to say, though.
2: Campbell? As they say, uh, humbleness wins championships. uh.
0: Okay, now we will move on to our traditional shot clock segment. And today's question is, which pick outside of the lottery do you think is the best? Andrew, you will go first. 24 seconds on the clock, starting now.
3: Okay, so I think the best draft pick outside the lottery is Tyrese Maxey, uh, number 21 overall pick going to the Philadelphia 76ers. They need shooting around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and he is a guard that can shoot the lights out, and he's a great playmaker, and I think that he is a very good fit on their team. I think that he is all-star potential. I would have liked the Knicks to draft him if he fell to 25, but he didn't. I think he's a great fit and the best pick outside the lottery. (sighs)
0: Dean, it's your turn now. 24 seconds on the clock, starting now.
1: So I'm going to go with the sharpshooter out of TCU, Desmond Bain, who was drafted 30th overall. I think he was drafted by one team traded to the Grizzlies. Great pick, and here's why uh desmond bain he he was one of the biggest risers in this draft he's the great he's probably the best three-point shooter in this draft and a team like uh the grizzlies who john morant their second overall pick last year he struggled with three-point shooting he's going to fit right into that shooting guard spot and he's going to shoot the lights out for them and he's just going to be a great piece for the grizzlies for the future
0: campbell it's your turn 24 seconds on the clock Starting now.
2: All right, I'm going to go with the 31st pick in this draft, Tyrell Terry out of Stanford. Uh, Tyrell Terry is just an incredible shooter. I think he shot over 40% from three this year. Also, according to Stanford coaches, he took a basketball IQ test at Stanford, and apparently he quote-unquote broke records. So I'm really excited to see how this sharpshooter and just all-around basketball mind can navigate the NBA. <sighs>
1: All right, Tyler, uh, I'm going to time you for the shot clock. 24 seconds on the clock starting now.
0: Okay, so I'm going to go with the 20th overall pick to the Miami Heat. Precious Achua. I think he's going to complement Bam Adebayo very well on this roster. He's going to play behind him, and he's going to be able to score and rebound when they need him to. He's obviously not going to start because Bam was an all-star last year, but I think that he could potentially start alongside him, maybe a power forward if he can get good, and he's going to be very important for this team down the run. And that is all we have for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to At The Buzzer Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast. We will see you next week.